Hello, everybody. Hello. Lately, we've received letters asking about what people in this country know and think about the various riddles scientists are working on. Well, for instance, the Bermuda Triangle. Well, for instance, unidentified the flying objects, various lake monsters, and last but not least, the so-called abominable snowman. So-called abominable snowman. Just by way of explanation, this so-called snowman. This so-called Sasquatch in Canada, since that's what the local Indians first named the beings they claim to have come across for centuries. Well, for instance, the Bermuda Triangle. I know what I experienced. Unidentified flying objects. And there was this light flashing, uh, a white fluorescent light pulsating in the sky. And that's what this looks like, and it's pulsating. And it's just kind of freaky, <laughs> you know. It's, yeah, it's not lightning in just a single area like a strobe light would do. It's doing it to the whole horizon. Ask me about what people in this country know and about what about the various riddle scientists are working on. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome back. Blah, 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 blah. Um, blah, 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 blah. We've got... This, this shows us going to be a ramble cast. We are pressed for time today, so we, we might be flying through these as quick as we can. But um, since you've left Facebook, well, first off, you were on another podcast, and I was on another podcast. You were on Where Did the Road Go? Um, was finally after I don't know how how long has it been since they've been trying to we've been trying to hook it up to you get on there to talk to Soraya over a year. Though. Yeah, it's been I'd say a year. A fee, I, I would say a year and a half. I just ate a steak and it had a lot of salt on it or salt seasoning. Oh, great! That's so I've great. got like super Captain swollen sodium in yeah. power. Is over here having a salty <laughs> steak. Awesome. Great well, it was, start. it was salt. It was salt substitute, but I still have like a swollen tongue right now. So I don't understand. Paired with my inability to read properly because I have dyslexia to a certain extent, with a swollen tongue, this is going to be interesting. But um, I was also on. Um, uh, Charm the Water, and uh, which is a show that I owed him because I recorded a show, and then after we got the well, for one, we like jumped right into the conversation, and then I just I was talking a million miles an hour as I am prone to do in interviews, and I just like put too much of myself out there, so I went back on and made it up to him, and we went on and I did a Halloween show with him, and I cool. think I said and stuff like that probably two hundred times, which is very unusual for me. <laughs> it, it's par for course whenever i go on another podcast i'm just really really nervous about going on other shows so Hmm. anyways so since you've been off of facebook um weird things have happened we won't go into all of it yeah we've had Um, some issues that i've been kept abreast of strange things have happened but they have worked themselves out positively they've they've, all things good all things good yeah they've worked themselves out um hopefully and now that they are over with the parties involved can look back and laugh and go wow isn't that something but um hopefully i think we've gotten like 15 people that have joined our facebook page out of nowhere and all of them have in some way or another answered the questionnaire to get on the facebook page to avoid the bots and spammers um Mm -hmm. some of these answers hilarious yeah yeah, it was something like what's tomato soup, what's the primary ingredient in tomato soup, and they just went on this big long spiel of different, I mean, they answered every question. And the questions are very simple. What's tomato soup made out of? Um, why do you want to be on this page or interest? And the other, which really doesn't really have a legitimate answer, but the other one is what podcast does this Facebook page support? And sometimes, a lot of times, they'll be like, wait, you guys have a podcast for this or something like that? I'll so, tell you what, anybody says David Icke, they're gone. <laughs> 
So, uh, you know, everybody that has joined the page, you know, if you're out there listening or if you've come over here listening to one of the other two podcasts that we were on, you know, welcome. Hope you enjoy our show. This is full of madness and craziness. Thanks Um, for coming. Thanks for coming. Please clean up your mess. And not every show is like this show. But having said all that, I put a post up on the Facebook page saying, here's a bunch of topics that we're thinking about covering them. In order of importance, what would you like us to cover? So we have a category that we like to cover every once in a while. One of them is Biblical Jackass. This episode, we have a new one called I Am God, which similar to Biblical Jackass is not the same. Biblical Jackass is people doing strange things and stupid things in the name of religion. I Am God is people that think that they are in some form or another God. Then we've got the category. Um, Yes, as I was recently told. Um, (laughs) Then there's also the category of drugs are bad and K, which is where people get really high on drugs and do stupid stuff. And then we've got being dead is more fun than being alive. By an overwhelming astronomical vote, the being dead is more fun than being alive category won out over all of them. So that is the category that we're going to cover first. So being as how we are pressed for time, we're just going to jump right into it right now. And Ah! You were supposed to start with the first one, I believe, or was I supposed to start with the first one? Me. No, you were. Yeah, you were supposed to start with the first one. Yeah, we're going to that bastion of knowledge, the USA Today. Fake news. Sad. <laughs> man cremated in a giant Lego coffin. Go big or go home. A fun-loving man whose motto was, go big or go home, has been cremated in a giant yellow Lego block coffin after dying of cancer. Oh, way to be a buzzkill. Jordan McCole of... Oh, as if wow, dying is not a buzzkill. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, at least he went out the way he loved. Tilsdaly, I guess, in Greater Manchester, England, was a ray of sunshine who would have wanted his, his send-off to make his friends and family smile, says Mother Janine. The 21-year-old... Oh, he was like just a kid. Yeah. Oh, the 21-year-old is obsessed with Lego, and Janine believes the tailor-made seven-foot coffin provided a fitting farewell for her beloved son and hopes it will give inspiration to other families in mourning. We made the decision that he wanted to inspire, is that what it's? Yeah, inspire yeah. others going through the same terrible situation of losing a young person and facing the prospect of a traditional send-off. She said we didn't send him on his next journey in a brown box. We wanted the last image of him to reflect to reflect his life. That's kind of touching actually. She continued, if you knew Jordan, you would understand why he did it, why we did it. He was our ray of sunshine and would have wanted his send off to make his friends and family smile. His motto in life was go big or go home. So we knew we had to go all out. Funerals can be can have laughter and creativity as well as love and grief. This is what we want people to take away from his life. Jordan died on February 3rd following a long battle with leukemia. His funeral took place at Howbridge Crematorium in Atherton on February 20th. We never imagined that his illness would take him because he was a fighter, Janine said. But once he we, we had to face the fact that we'd lose him, we started thinking about how we could make his send-off unique and true to who he was as a person. Heaven is a Half Pipe, a song by the band OPM, that's fitting, added a further touch of quirkiness to the funeral after being selected as the send-off song. Friends and family then headed to La Lagana Italian restaurant in Tilsdaly. I don't know. I'm going to say like five different ways before we're done to celebrate Jordan's life at the wake. He worked as an ambassador for a climbing out charity, and his dream was to draw, become a Royal Navy aircraft engineer. Jordan also sailed with 
the Ellen MacArthur Foundation and worked for Bolton Mountain Rescue Team when in remission from cancer. Janine and Jordan's dad, Tony, are now raising money for the Young Oncology Unit at the Christie of Man- in Manchester, where he was treated to fight in his fight for leukemia. To make donations, go to just justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash Jordan McColl, M-C, capital C-O-L-E. Wow, that is touching, a, actually. It is. It is. But wow. but fun, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you're going to go out and you're going to go that way, you know, I give the guy credit for having the spirit to go through with this and being able to do this. Because at that point, you're like, well, you know, what are we going to do? You know, I would hope that if I was in the same situation, I would be the same way. We're like, screw it. You know, let's try to make a joke out of this and try to have a good time with it. Yeah, absolutely. So moving along, this site is pretty cool. This is canyouactually.com, but that's not the company that does this. The company that handles this is a company called Artful Ashes. Forget coffins. This company will swirl you into beautiful glass creations when you die. These things are badass. They're sweet. They look like giant Aggies. They, they're they essentially, since, hey, we're on a podcast and you're listening to us, this is something you yeah. have to visually <laughs> see, so what a great story to cover. It's like those big glass ball paperweights, but there's yep. color swirled through them, and what they do is they dump your ashes in there, and they're really beautiful and cool looking. Like, my dog passed away recently, as everybody knows, and I, I actually am thinking about doing something like this with some of his ashes, because it doesn't require a lot of them, and the price isn't that expensive. But they look really, really cool. So if you get a chance, Google and do a search for Artful Ashes. Seattle-based company Artful Ashes is helping loved ones during the grieving process by creating unique ash, ashes glass art memorials for those who have passed away. Though the use of glass blowing, Artful Ashes collects one tablespoon of your loved one's ashes to include them in a glass orb and or a heart design. Actually, a teaspoon isn't that bad. That's not yeah. that big of a deal. Our artists capture the essence of your loved one's spirit in a swirl of color and ashes sealed forever within a beautiful glass art, they write. These amazing pieces of comfort these amazing pieces comfort your grieving, allowing you to hold and treasure your memories. The ashes appear to be in a coiled pattern entwined with the effervescent colors. Doesn't effervescent mean like fizzy, like seven up mm-hmm. or carbonated? Yeah. Okay. Barkley. Okay, sure. Okay, whatever. It's like a galaxy globe. They, Yeah, they do have one that looks like a galaxy. Each memorial comes with an inscribed message of their loved one's name. And it's then really I got to cool. scroll down and go through all the pictures. That purple one's really cool. These oh are so God, badass man. looking. Like, you could get it done like a galaxy. It's super cool. And I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling. Here we are. These are <laughs> these ashes glass art are approximately three and a half by three and a half inch, inches and weigh 14 ounces according to someone who purchased one over on reddit the price range from 145 dollars each but you can check out the information by contacting them you can also keep up to date with uh, them on their facebook page if you thought that was cool check out this other company that will turn you into a diamond when you die which we covered some time mm-hmm. ago yeah. so the next one this is a little bit of a lengthy one <laughs> It's not real long, but I just thought it was really cool because it's something else neat and cool to do. Would you do this? That's what I was wondering. Though. Would I? Yes. Like with what? Like my wife's ashes yeah, or my kids' wife, ashes? If your wife, yeah, if your wife or your kids passed away, would you do this? I'd get a full sleeve. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we'll go ahead and read it. What to do with cremation ashes? Tattoo ink? Oof. After a loved one is cremated, families often wonder what to, what can be done with their loved one's cremation ashes. 
There are the usual ideas like scattering them or placing them in an urn, but maybe you'd prefer something more unusual, yet still meaningful. If so, you're in luck. Neptune Society has gathered information about some of the less well-known cremation memorialization ideas and will be featuring these ideas on our website over the coming months. If you wish there was a way you could carry something of that special person around with you forever, then this month's cremation ash idea might appeal to you. Cremation Ash Tattoo, Inc. It's actually quite intriguing when you think about it. That's why I wanted you to read this one. Mm -hmm. Yes, that is right. You can have tattoo ink made with the cremation ashes of your loved one. These are referred to in the tattoo industry as ritual or commemorative tattoos. Yeah, totally. I'm on board with this. How it works. Essentially, a ritual tattoo is one where... Ah, I see what you did, Ro. <laughs> a ritual tattoo is one where a small amount of cremation ashes are added to the regular tattoo ink to create an ash-infused ink solution. This is then injected into the customer's skin just as a regular tattoo would be. There are some challenges involved with the procedure. The most important is which is getting the cremation ashes to a fine enough consistency where they will blend into the tattoo ink smoothly. Working with the ash ink solution can be somewhat challenging, which is one reason why it is best to find a tattoo artist that is experienced and familiar with doing these types of ritual or commemorative tattoos. Is it safe? Since cremation ashes are heated at to over 1,800 degrees Fahrenheit during the cremation process, the risk of disease or infection is probably much, not much higher than it would be for using any other material, although the exact risks have not been studied. And hopefully the person that you're having this done with didn't have prions disease because heat doesn't destroy prions. The most important consideration with regard to safety is what the ashes are handled prior to mixing with the ink. Many state regulations require, and most uh, reputable tattoo artists freely follow these procedures, even when not required to do so, that all tools, equipment, and materials used to make tattoos are autoclaved before use to minimize risk of infection. For anybody who doesn't know what an autoclave is, it's an oven that uses steam heat to sterilize the stuff over a period of time under pressure. If you're considering having the cremation ash tattoo done, when rec- we recommend that you discuss with your tattoo artist with specific steps he or she will take to minimize your infection risk. Precautions and considerations. Commemorative tattoos are a relatively infrequent procedure. Tattoo artists to do that do ritual or commemorative tattoos may only do a few of them each year. As such, most state and federal health agencies have not reacted with regulations specific to performing them. However, some agencies such as Health Canada have warned against them due to known unknown health risks. The tattoos are also, you know what? People are tattooing their eyeballs. I think this is safer than that. Yeah. The tattoos are also somewhat uh, controversial with the tattoo industry itself. Some artists are willing to do them. Others are not. For the most part, however, tattoo artists themselves decide whether they are or are not willing to do them, and they fall under the same sanitation regulations as any other tattooing procedure. You can see where people would see this as maybe a step in the line of cannibalism on certain level <sighs> your body does absorb some of the ink yeah but i, yeah, I don't know i don't i don't, I don't see it that it. way yeah no, neither do i one other consideration is that some of those who have had tattoos done with cremation ashes report that the tattoos can be itchier than tattoos done with regular ink so if you have sensitive skin or other concerns this is something to keep in mind that also might be psychosomatic Neptune Society reports uh, supports the rights of family members and friends to memorialize their loved ones in a way that feels right to them. If you feel that a cremation tattoo, cremation ash tattoo would be right for you, we recommend interviewing several tattoo artists in your area to find the most experienced artist and asking 
your health professional about any health and safety related questions prior to embarking on the procedure. For more information about cremation, please contact your nearest Neptune Society representation today, a represent, representative today. So you do it. Absolutely. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, it would be Badass. something I would have to discuss with somebody before it happened. Like if, if my wife, heaven forbid, were to pass away and I said, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about taking your ashes, should she get cremated, and having them, you know, have a tattoo made with your name or something like that um, with those ashes. You know, See? I don't. <laughs> why are, this is, you're laughing. Like, you're laughing. Like, Alicia, I'm going to make a tattoo out of you. And she'd be like, no, I'm like, you're dead anyway. So have that. <laughs> <laughs> you think she'd be cool with it? I don't think she'd care. I'm, I'm not going to ask her to put me on her anywhere, but I don't think she would care. Yeah, I don't think I wouldn't care if some, you know, if, if my, wife, my, my wife is not the kind of person to get a tattoo, but I don't think I would care if she wanted to do it. Your way, so what's the difference? Yeah, really, you know, plus <laughs> how much of it are the, you know, how much of it. So, so far, okay, how many ashes, how much ashes do you get out of an average human body? You what, get like a pound and a half or two pounds or uh, something? Probably right around that, you yeah. Know, take away the bones and all the stuff that gets run through the cremulator and all that junk. So you're left with a bag of ashes. So, so far, um... I can have my ashes made into a diamond for a ridiculously a large amount of money. Mm-hmm. You know what? We'll wait till the end before we have this discussion because <laughs> we've got a little bit more to cover. So I'm going to ask you this. This is one that I'm just going to throw at you and I didn't tell you about. So if you could have your ashes pressed into a record, what record would that be? Oh, man. Uh, I probably have to be something ironic. Barry Manilow? No, like Burl Ives. <laughs> oh my God, really? Yeah. That how you'd be want people to remember you to play? Because I'd want it to be annoying enough where people that don't understand Burl Ives would be like, "What the hell is this?" And enjoyable enough for the older generation that did enjoy it to piss off people enough to play it on a regular basis. Without a doubt, without even a second thought, I would have my ashes pressed into a copy of Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely, it is one of it is one of my favorite records that really? I can listen to from beginning to end ah, because it Floyd still kid. sounds. Oh, I I don't I don't like all of Pink Floyd. There's definitely some Pink Floyd that I don't like, and there's some stuff that I'm kind of meh about. And they've got albums where like, okay, I like those three songs or those four songs, but the rest of the album I don't really care about. Dark Side of the Moon is an album that I can put on from beginning to end. I can put the CD in or the MP3 or whatever the hell form of it I have and listen to it from beginning to end. Many gaming sessions I have had with my buddies playing board games and things like that where Dark Side of the Moon has been playing in the background. And it is the one thing that I put on that nobody complains about. Everybody can listen to Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Moon, except for you. Dude, I do not like that album at all. Now, I don't like The Wall. I'm sorry. We're going to get some hate mail on this. Projectarchivist at gmail.com. Yeah, (laughs) I've I've never been a fan of The Wall. I mean, there's songs on The Wall that I like. Uh, uh, Obscured by Clouds is a very old Pink Floyd album. I like some of the stuff on there. I Mm -hmm. like Sheep. You know, Animals is another Mm -hmm. one that I like. Um, I think that's got one of these days. I think Animals has one of these days on it, doesn't it? believe it does anyway i'm not a fan so so, i couldn't tell you since we're having this conversation about cremation ashes there is a company that will take your ashes and press them into a vinyl record uh this is coming from digitalmusic.com and this is your cremated remains can now be pressed into a vinyl record and i would I would, this would be so cool to have done. Uh, cremated, Cremated ashes can now be converted into vinyl record thanks to a company called 
Oh boy. It's V I N Y L Y. Vinyl? Vinyl. Vinyl? Yeah, okay. Vinyl. Duh, vinyl. <laughs> wow. It's got an extra L for love. <laughs> That's what's throwing me off. Uh, actually, it's got an extra Y in it, doesn't it? Has it got an extra Y in it? Mm-hmm. It's something about that. Uh, yeah, it has got an extra Y in it. That's what's there throwing me off. So it's vi- vinyly? Vinyly? Whatever. We're going to call it vinyl. Oh, maybe it's vinyly. Vinyly. Like you're yeah. vinyly dead. Anyways. <laughs> There's something coming up on that one. Um, the service which converts your ashes of a deceased into a finished vinyl record starts at 3,000 euros or roughly $4,315. That includes a 12 minute of audio per side. Well, there goes Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah. That being included in, can include final words and memories, licensed music, or a simple popping of crackling to hear the ashes. That, hmm. I read that that's wrong. cool or the simple sound of popping pain? and crackling to hear the ashes okay so it's just, you can just have it where it's just popping and crackling cool yeah uh from no. there from there buyers either the predeceased or surviving loved ones can choose a number of different configurations jackets can be included portraits created by james hogue or paul in, in paul insect i guess that yeah paul insect is the guy's name what a weird last name my name is He's mr insect buddy. Complete with important details like date of birth, date of death, and vinyl stickers. Additionally, vinyl will happily add pre licensed loops or even customize music for additional costs. Uh, Live from Beyond the Grave. Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, Vinyl, which offers a service people, people, parts of people, or pets, has been offering the service for several years, though uh, this that could be. Perfect timing, especially with vinyl sales absolutely becoming among amidst a serious nostalgia revival. Yeah, my uh, my daughter's uh, boyfriend is really big into vinyl records, and he's not even a he's not even a, a trendy or whatever you would call it. Uh, uh, hipster. hipster, yeah. The UK-based vinyl vinylin takes a rather lighthearted approach to a uh, somber moment, though the company also underscores its serious throughout. When the album that is life finally reaches the end. Wouldn't it be nice to keep that record spinning for eternity? The site implores. We offer you and the chance. We offer you the chance to press your ashes into a vinyl record. Your loved ones will cherish for generations. Live from beyond the grave, the buyer can be someone knocking on death's door. Surviving friends and family members can view the process themselves, which involves sprinkling ashes into a into the involved plate creation and process. That is written so strange. Surviving <laughs> friends and family members can view the process themselves, which involves sprinkling ashes into the involved plate creation and pro- <laughs> process. God damn. Holy cow. No, no, I'm having a stroke. Make me into a record. Survivors can wow. be. Survivors. Wow. <laughs> Can then determine where the record or records are placed. Vinylin even offers to coordinate the funeral with an extra 10,000 euros, roughly $14,400. Behind the strange concept is Jason Leach, who founded the EDM group and label Subhead back in the 90s. Since hmm. that point, oh, I could can, I can totally see a bunch of DJs doing this with their ashes. Sure, why uh, not? <clears throat> Leach has starred a number of other label ventures, including the aptly titled Death to, Death to Vinyl. The idea of vinyl came from Leach's own experience with the cremation of his own relatives, as well as his family's involvement in funeral services. Moving on to the last 
and probably strange. Well, actually, it does make sense after we read it. Um, oh, yeah. This is a company that'll make your ashes or put your ashes into bullets. Yeah. Here go you ahead. go. Telegraph. Husband's ashes used for shotgun cartridges. The widow of an expert on vintage shotguns had her husband's ashes loaded into cartridges and used by friends for the last shoot of the season. Joanna Booth organized the shoot for 20 close friends on an estate in Aberdeenshire after asking asking a cartridge company to mix the ashes of her husband James with traditional shot. A total of 275 12-bore, dude, that's a big round. (laughs) cartridges were produced wow wow dude i would imagine they would have been like 16 or 14 gauge yeah, like 12 shot or something wow holy cow produced for the mix and were blessed by a minister before they were used to bag pheasants partridges ducks and a fox on Brookley estate man they so got a lot of stuff badass dude listen we do not uh condone the killing of animals uh, Mrs. Booth of Strat- Streatham, South London, said it was a marvelous day out and her husband would have loved it. Sure, why wouldn't he? He had searing lead going through living things. It was not his it was not his dying wish, but I remembered that he was he had read somewhere that someone had had their ashes loaded into cartridges and he thought it was very funny. Oh no, she did this without his blessing. One of our friends, a woman who had never shot before, got four partridges with James James's marked cartridges. Dude, that's badass. Mr. Booth, an, inve- an independent sporting and vintage gun specialist for Sotheby's in London, died two years ago, aged 50, after 18 months in a coma following severe food poisoning. Whoa, Whoa he went to a coma from food poisoning? Wow. Wow, dude, I'm a lucky that's bastard. pretty severe. Wow. Julian McCarty uh, of the Caledonian Cartridge Company in Brechin, Angus, said it was the first request he had received to put ashes in shotgun cartridges. He was loaded into in our Caledonian Classic, a 28-gram load, number six shot, with degradable plastic wadding. Cool. Before the first drive, the cartridges were blessed by Reverend Alistair oh Donald, the Church of Scotland minister from the nearby village of New Deer, who said he had no qualms. It was a perfectly normal scattering of ashes, few words and prayers. After all, he had a lifelong interest in ballistics. The special cartridges accounted for 70 partridges, 23 pheasants, 7 ducks, and a fox on January 31st. Dude, I've been deer hunting probably six times in the last 10 years, and I've gotten nothing at all. <laughs> I need wow, to get some of this dude. guy's cartridges. That's carnage. <laughs> okay, so back to what I was saying earlier. You get about maybe two pounds worth of ashes. I know there's somebody out there that's really into this, but I think it's around two pounds of ashes. Um, I think my mom's are right around that somewhere. So, so far. Is your mother a big woman? No, no, there not at go. all. Not at all. Uh, okay, I understand why you're asking. That's just out there. be more ashes or less ashes. So we can't really say the uh, cremated giant Lego coffin because that didn't have to do with ashes. But we could have, what, a teaspoon, it said, for the uh, the glass spheres or yep. something like that. So that put them in there. And then you could have them done with a uh, tattoo. You're not going to need yep. that many ashes for a tattoo. Uh, then you've got the whole thing about having your ashes pressed into vinyl. It doesn't say how many you need for that, but I would imagine it's not that many. So you'd still have enough. Oh, you were off, man. What? The cremated remains of an adult male usually weigh around six. 
pounds. Wow. While the remains of an adult female will be closer to four pounds. Dude, wow. we're heavy bastards. Dude, I'm going to come in at about a good seven or eight pounds. <laughs> Dude, fat renders away. <laughs> I'm big boned. Well, actually. Big, have you ever seen a fat skeleton? <laughs> I try to tell the wife, I'm big phone. She's like, I've never seen a fat skeleton. Oh my god. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, I mean, right there, you can have you can have your stuff made into a diamond. What are the things we've covered in the past before? Oh my god, we had the mushroom suit. Yeah, the mushroom the- suit. That was one of them. You can put uh, a suit on. You- yeah, you can have your ashes made into a, a little cup that a tree will grow out of. Mix them with uh what's the other they mix your they mix them with cartridges and fire them into space. Yeah, I think that was what Hunter uh, S. Thompson did. I know Scotty from Star Trek. He no, had some Thompson was Thompson was put into fireworks, wasn't he? No, Along he built Ken a cannon. Case. You know what? I'm going to look that up. I'm pretty sure that Hunter S. Thompson built a cannon on his property and had his remains fired into space. And I think Johnny Depp paid for it. Let me check. Yeah, here. I think you're right. Uh, I don't think it was into space. You're not going to get those into space from a cannon. Uh, hold on. Owner is Thompson, not Thompson's lawyer. Uh, ashes, because I know there was a big thing about it here. Uh, Johnny's okay. Here we go. Oh my God, that's a lot of money. Uh, Johnny Depp spent three, $3 million dollars blasting Hunter S. Thompson's ashes from a cannon. Expert ex-manager claims. Uh, former manager of actor Johnny Depp have allegedly spent $3 million firing the late author Hunter S. Thompson's ashes from a cannon. Lobo, I love you. I'm not spending $3 million on your ashes. I don't expect you to. Um, With a deafening boom, the ashes of Hunter S. Thompson were blown into the sky amid fireworks. <laughs> that was in 2005. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. I was, I'm a big Hunter S. Thompson fan. Oh, totally. Big. This is an original place to work. <laughs> Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I love that movie. And then uh, there's Where the Buffalo Roam, which was done by um, Bill Murray, which is okay. <laughs> Sorry. You know. Best line from that movie. There's no such thing as consensual sodomy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a transition. All right. Uh. All right. We're going to take a break here. And we're going to, I hope you all enjoy this brief musical interlude. God. And you have Roy to thank for it on the Facebook page. Phenomena. 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 Life is a mystery. Confusion is all around us. The truth is out there, but you won't find it here. Maybe it was the ghost of an alien that worked for the government. You know, you remove the alien anal probe out of the story and it probably wasn't this guy's worst Saturday night. Welcome to Hysteria 51, a weekly oddcast of conspiracy theories, mysteries and the unexplained. All viewed through sceptical eyes and the blurry lens of a beer bottle. Listen to Brent and John make sense of it all each week. By subscribing, find us on iTunes by searching Hysteria 51 or anywhere else fine podcasts are sold. And now it's time for Biblical Jackass. Yay! 
Now, as we said earlier, biblical jackass is when people do asinine things in the name of religion or because God, a God or some God told them to be it whatever God you want to consider them. So sure. I'll kick the whole thing off and I'm going to go with Jesus take the wheel, which is going to be from UPI.com. Again, more than likely, some of these stories are probably fake news. One Doesn't of them matter. I'm definitely convinced is fake news. But hey, who cares, right? Exactly. <laughs> this whole year has been based on fake news. So we're going to go much. with Florida woman crashes her car into the house while praying with her eyes closed. Jesus take the wheel. Mary Esther... Florida, July 13th. Authorities in Florida said a woman who crashed into a house after blowing through a stop sign told investigators she had been praying with her eyes closed. The Okaloosa, I know I'm going to pronounce that wrong, Okaloosa? It's got to be Okaloosa. Sorry, sure. Florida peeps. Aaron, I apologize. Uh, Okaloosa <laughs> County Sheriff's Office said the 28-year-old woman drove through a stop sign in Mary Esther around 10.09 p.m. July 7th and drove through the yard of a home and struck the house. The woman tried to back out. The vehicle was stuck in sand, the sheriff's office said. Deputy said the woman told them that she had been praying with her eyes closed when she went through the stop sign and into the yard. The woman was cited for reckless driving and property damage. <laughs> and then there's Good a stop Lord. sign. It says a picture. It says stop four-way for heaven's sakes. Stop. Oh, <laughs> wah, wah, wah. So this is a good one, being that I am a lobster fan. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably not the way we should have started that off. So but. you're going to take us to the dailymail.co.uk. Don't read Psychic. the cliff notes. <laughs> I'm not. Psychic is steamed to death in a walk. Prayer session goes horribly wrong when Magic Man, in quotes, is killed trying to cleanse his body and soul in a metal pot with a fire underneath in Malaysia. Oh. And then it says <sighs> warning graphic content because there's actually a video that goes with this. <sighs> a self-professed magic man has died after accidentally steaming himself to death in a walk while trying to cleanse body and soul. Lim Ba, also known as Black Dog, uh, yes, could be seen sitting in the lotus position in a giant metal pan at a Chinese temple in Shuala Sanglang, sure, a small coastal village in northern Malaysia. A lid was placed over the 68-year-old in the pre preparation for the steaming, and he clasped his hands in prayer before the fire was lit under the walk. But after 30 minutes... 30 minutes! The performance was went horribly wrong, and devotees could hear Lim knocking frantically from the inside. So he's a steamed dumpling. Oh, my God, dude. This is just... Oh, there's pictures and everything. The lid was raised... And Lim was found unconscious, steam billowing out from around him. He was pronounced dead from major second-degree burns and a heart attack. The bizarre end of Lim's years as a medium came during what was described as a nine-emperor-god prayer session. <sighs> because eight wasn't enough emperors? No, I don't get it. <laughs> Turn it to 11. The country's, the Star newspaper, reported Lim's youngest son, Kang Huai, 32, as saying that his father had been performing human steaming for more than 10 years, despite his family's concern. Well, because there won't be an 11th year. <laughs> Kang Huai said that during the steaming session, rice, sweet corn, and vegetarian buns would be placed inside the This guy was asking to be a meal <laughs> inside the walk and then would be steamed. Oh, good <laughs> Lord. He's just asking for it. We're terrible people. 
Uh, the dead man's daughter, Wee Ling, 37, said that earlier on the fateful day, her father had eaten only sweet potato and green bean biscuits, but he was his normal self and took pictures with his devotees. Her father recorded inside the steam cover, she said, had about 75 minutes. Uh, the star said that when contacted in China, the president of the Federation of Taoist Associations of Malaysia, Tan Ho Chui, said such steaming rituals were not really part of the mainstream Taoist rites. I would think not. They were more of a fa shu or magic performance. There's nothing magic in that. The steaming man ritual, it's like burning man here, only not as dangerous, <laughs> is rarely performed, and I do, not rec- I do not comment on what preparations are needed before you perform this, said Tan. Such feats, he said, were done to attract believers and show the performance physical endurance. But in general, doing such physical endurance stunts is not advisable. Someone should have told this cat that it wasn't advisable first. Uh, I love oh. the comments. Psychics did not see this coming. Couldn't have been that good. Uh, yeah, sounds like exactly. some new assistant missed an important step in the magic trick. Ah, oh. Religion. Yeah. Sigh. Uh, exactly. That spoiled it for everyone. Now I'm guessing they will ban, uh, ban us all from steaming ourselves in the walk. <laughs> You took 30 minutes. Isn't it like 10 minutes usually for delivery? I guess. I don't know. I wonder if he had like butter sauce on him and stuff. Ah, Leave it to me. That was in bad taste, man. I'm sure it was by the time they took him out. I mean, Um, they probably overcooked him at that point. sweet ones and corn in there. (sighs) Okay. Moving on to the independent.co.uk. This is Italian priest faces defrocking for organizing orgies on church property. And here comes a whole bunch of Italian names that I'm probably not going to be able to pronounce yeah, you, because, you as people know by now, we don't pre-read this stuff. Uh-huh. Um, an Italian priest faces defrocking after allegations were made that he organized orgies on church property. Don Andrea Content, Conten, a priest yep. in Padau, Italy, was accused of always carrying a briefcase full of vibrators, sex toys, masks, and bondage equipment. A. <laughs> Normal stuff, right? (laughs) He is also accused of having as many as 30 lovers and taking trips with them to Naturalist Swingers Resort in France, despite taking a vow of celibacy. Yeah, that seems to be working out really well for him. Uh, the 48-year-old was has also allegedly concealed pornographic home videos in covers with names of various popes. Oh, okay. (laughs) This guy's horrible. He is accused of uh, farming out some of his lovers to men on wife-swapping websites, according to the Times. Every orgy needs a witness and baby wipes. Okay, all right. He always carried a briefcase full of vibrators, toys, sex toys, masks, and bondage equipment. One of his accusers said in her police statement, according to... Uh, Corriere del Vento? Sure. Benetto? Sure, Ugh. that'll work. Uh, she also accused Mr. Content of encouraging her to have sexual relations with a horse. Oh, dear. And beat her in the rectory on two occasions with <laughs> that could have went a horribly. horse. Um, Claudio Capola, Padau's bishop, said Mr. Conton would lose his role regardless of the outcome of the investigation. You think? I am incredulous and pained by the accusations, Mr. Coppola told a press conference the local reported. Even if and at the time of this affair, uh, there goes my screen, there are no legal consequences. We have a duty by canon law to take disciplinary action. The investigation of Mr. Conton began in December after three women came forward making complaints. Uh, the priest intentionally denied the claims 
initially denied the claims before confessing after police searched his house to discover video evidence. Well, you're kind of set then, aren't you? Another priest, Don Cavazana, admitted to taking part in the parties and occasionally filming the events, but is unlikely to face suspension because, hey, why would he? Mm. Bishop Bishop Coppola said that the church did not yet have sufficient elements to reach a decision on his future, but it was a different case because Mr. Cavazana's involvement was only partial and occasional though not acceptable for a priest. Nothing will happen to these guys. They'll be moved somewhere else, just yeah. like they do with the people that touch little boys. It sounds like there's some <sighs> churches that I should probably be attending that are a lot more fun. All right. Oh, wow. Let's move on to... <laughs> this is this one's got to be fake, because we've covered this guy before. This is the priest that we've covered. Listeners, longtime listeners, know that last time we covered Biblical Jackass, we had a particular priest on that was running people over with, with cars. He'd put, like... What was it? He put like carpet. Yeah, he put, put carpet. carpet on him, drove them all in plywood. And put plywood. Him. That's what it was. Now, I'm pretty sure this is the same guy. It, yeah, I, I don't know. Everything that I've checked up on this guy seems to be legit, but this is pretty far fetched. So take it us take us to ZimbabweOnline.com. So for all these easy names to read now, okay. Radio and television personality Tishafa Matambazandozo. Better known as Titch Mataz, that's of course it's easier to know him as that. <laughs> is no is is now a prophet if Sunday developments are anything to go by. Titch Mataz was at Pastor Paul Senengor's Victory World International Ministry Church. Oh, that's a long name for a church <laughs> service when he reportedly received prophecies and delivered them to some women in the church. Oh, this is the same guy that had women doing things to him too remember oh this guy's done everything oh god this is the service uh sangor had promised to deliver god's phone number to his congregants a claim that was has received mixed reactions however when the time came for people to save god's phone number several congregants fell asleep with their phones in hand as the number was about to be announced titch Bataz was prayed for by saying saying sangor and was directed to listen to prophetic voices on his phone, which he delivered to the people. Titch said he owes the miracle to imperation for Pastor Sangor. I'm going to say that name 15 times wrong. I was amazed, actually shocked. There is a living God, and you have to believe. God makes things happen, and there was impartation. I don't even think that's the right word, said Titch. Pastor Sangor added that the impartation happened after he prayed for Titch and proved that God can communicate via the phone, just like Santa. <laughs> Several people have doubted that God can communicate with us through the phone. If I had, not on my phone, if I had told them again that I had received the message on their behalf, they would still doubt, but Titch was close by. This is spiritual, and I prayed for him and gave him instructions to listen to prophetic messages through his phone, and he delivered them to the intended people. He was online with heaven, said the preacher. If he doesn't have AT&T as a carrier. Ask if Titch was now a prophet. The preacher said, it should not come to you as a surprise that Titch delivered prophetic messages. The spirit of the Lord can be shared and people can prophesy. Jeez. At one point, the Israelites asked, if is Saul among the prophets now? Anything... Dude, I know people that would light this guy on fire for saying that. <laughs> Everything is there for all to see. Our television channel, Victory TV, is up and people can watch. He said, oh, oh, I'm wondering if we should go find this guy. It's got a picture of a guy on a cell phone while somebody's praying over them with a microphone in their hand. 
clearly an Android device. <laughs> I want to know who his carrier is. Oh, all right. Mobile. Uh, all right, moving on to Fox News. <laughs> Oklahoma nurse allegedly tried to conduct exorcism on an inmate who later died. And the picture of this woman, I, I really wish I could post pictures on our... <laughs> Put them on. Put it on the Facebook page. I, I'm gonna have to put this one on the Facebook page. This this woman looks like a carp, doesn't she? She's got. She looks like a fish. There's no she other did. way. She's got a crooked nose. She has um, the Innsmouth look. If I'm gonna see if it's yeah, her name is Amanda Freeman. And just do yep. a Google search for Amanda Freeman, uh, Oklahoma oh, County dead. Jail. Yeah, she's it, it, dead. She's dead. No, she. That's the that's the inmate, I believe. No, Amanda Freeman, thirty two, died a day after an alleged exorcism was performed on her. You're talking ill of the dead. You're going to Google, hell. I know. Well, look what we've talked about so far. We, if we have new listeners. We've lost them by now. Oh yeah. Huh, okay. A nurse was barred from working in an Oklahoma jail after onlookers claimed she attempted to conduct an exorcism on an inmate uh. instead of offering medical help during an incident. Amanda Freeman, 32, an inmate at the Oklahoma County Jail, died a day after the alleged exorcism attempt from an acute coronary event due to methamphetamine use, Fox Carolina reported. Drugs are That's bad. That's yeah, that's the bad math. The nurse, who was not identified by officers, was called to Freeman's cell on February 10th after she exclaimed seizure-like activity, the Oklahoman reported. The nurse told the investigators that it was hard to get Freeman's vitals due to her to her moving so much. Uh, the jail's detention officer said that nurse Freeman told, told Freeman, I revoke you demons, while the inmate thrashed around and screamed, the Oklahoma reported. A oh. sheriff's lieutenant was able to stop the nurse and get the inmate help. The jail banned the nurse from working on the jail on October 20th, but could not fire her. This must have been last year, but could not fire her since she was employed by its medical provider, Armor Cor Armor Correctional Health Services. Armor Correctional Health Services. Mm. Wow, that's a name. Don't they make hot dogs too? I guess so. That's Armor That's Armor Hot Dogs. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I could see the correlation there. Uh, Absolutely. freaking out on meth and meat. Sure. Um, the company told Fox Carolina the nurse who had been with the company for six years is no longer an employee as of October 27th. The nurse denied performing the exorcism but said Freeman had supernatural strength as you do when you are on meth. Freeman mm. was admitted to jail after she was arrested on February 7th for a drug complaint. An officer said that they allegedly saw the inmate jump from a moving car into an <laughs> intersection where they found methamphetamine in her possession, which is why we're going to transition into drugs are bad, okay, after this this one Oklahoma <laughs> County District Attorney David Pretter was slated to meet with a sheriff's investigator to discuss whether they would consider pressing criminal charges against the nurse Oof. take That's us tough. on to the last one in Pennsylvania PA woman says God told her to throw bricks at white men of course she did the woman in western Pennsylvania arrested for allegedly throwing bricks at a man's car it was a prophecy from God commanding her to throw bricks at white men the police in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, it was simply a crime. According to KDKA-TV, suspect Jasmine Fox, 31, is accused of throwing bricks at a man's car Monday morning. The motorist told police he caught Fox throwing bricks at his car and chased her into an abandoned Roman Catholic school, KDKA writes. Sure enough, police found Fox, who was homeless, hiding in the school's locker room. Upon her arrest, Fox allegedly told cops she was carrying out... Prophecy from God. 
urging her to attack white men with bricks. KDKA reports the male motorist who was the was the apparent target of this uh, alleged biblical wrath was not identified in the story. There was no immediate information on his injuries, if any. Meanwhile, Fox Fox faces charges of propulsion of missiles, criminal (laughs) mischief and defiant trespass. A primary here, a preliminary hearing is set for May seventeenth. Magic missiles, magic missiles. I have never heard of a charge of propulsion of missiles. Well, there you go. So oh, do you yeah. know why I pulled you over? Uh, I was speeding. No, son, propulsion of missiles. Huh? Missiles. I conjure magic missiles. Want to get in contact with the show or listen to back episodes? It's easy. Go to www.projectarchivist.com. On the right side of the page, you'll find links to our archives, as well as links on how to get onto our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter. If you want to leave a voicemail for us, it's 734-681-0459. Yes, we do listen to all of them. Or if you want to talk to Lobo directly, you can call 203-212-9975. Yes, that will in fact put you in touch with his cell phone. If he's available, he will take your call and talk to you. If you're just looking to send us an email, you can do that at projectarchivist at gmail.com. Don't forget to look for us on iTunes under the podcast section, or you can stream us right to your phone with the Stitcher Android app for free. All right, being as we're pressed for time, we're going to move on to the next one, which is Drugs Are Bad in K. We actually had a few more stories, but we're we're cutting these down um, to, to save time. Do you want to read this one? Ah, sure. Why not? <laughs> what so the hell? Naughty. Why not? Because we this found could this have been one me way. at one point. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever get this bad? Did you ever get this goofy when you were high um, in your days of using drugs? I'm gonna plead the fifth. Oh come on! I- I Come did on. some weird shit. How you've been clean for how many years now? Twenty two. Twenty two. Okay, clean for twenty two years. So, yeah. t- I did you did some weird shit. Okay, well, maybe another time we should discuss some yes. of the weirdest things. Yes, definitely. But just read oh. this one. Mom broke into pensioner's home and tried to suck the fat off her with a vacuum cleaner. Kara Thorne pushed her way into a sixty-seven year old's home, then ran the Hoover over her arms and back. Woman must have been a large woman. <laughs> Mother on a drug fueled rampage broke into a pensioner's home and threatened to suck the fat off her using a vacuum cleaner. Mother of one, Kara Thorne, only spat at a police officer when arrested and told him she had hepatitis C. Oh, what a lovely joy. The 28 year old was jailed in Cardiff Crown Court on Monday after pleading guilty to a catalog of offenses, including assault occasioning HB, ABH, and common assault. I just. <laughs> And then there's a big locked up thing. The court heard that the early hours of December 22nd, uh, Karen Co. 67 was at her home in Lowell's Tilcha Farm. Her name was Jennifer Cobe. I don't know how you got Karen out of that, but hey, I've made mistakes. Jennifer. When she was awoken by a noise in the down, upstairs flat and a bang on her front door, she was confronted by the defendant who had her face up against the door and was about to push herself into the flat. She grabbed hold of Mrs. Coe's dressing gown and pulled her from the, from side to side while hitting her in the head against the wall. I'm going to hell. Thorne then pushed Miss Coe into the kitchen and began shouting aggressively, rambling but not making any sense. The defendant was making moving back and forth and was coming close to Miss Coe's face, and the homeowner tried to calm Thorne down, by, but she continued rambling and screaming. Prosecutor Emma Harris said Thorne grabbed and clawed at Mrs. Coe's face and put her fingers into her mouth. Oh, that's not going to wash away. 
She has, uh, she has the clothes. She has closed the door and grabbed the Hoover, holding it to Mrs. Coe's head. She rambled at her and began to hit her with the Hoover. Mrs. Coe realized she was in danger. That's when she realized she was in danger. As Mrs. I feel Coe so man- sorry for this woman. All right. As Mrs. Coe managed to open the kitchen door, the defendant ran the Hoover over her arms and back, saying, "I will suck the fat out of you and make soap." A struggle ensued, and Miss Coe moved to the front door and opened it whilst uh, still holding back the defendant, and they tumbled into the uh, communal gardens, and she shouted for help. I could see this all going on in my head. Mrs. Cole was able to escape and ran to the neighbor's house until the police arrived. She had blood all over her face from numerous scratches, a cut on her right eye, and a large bruise on her right arm. In a victim impact state, Mrs. Coe, Ms. Coe said she could no longer face going out and cannot sleep because of the attack, which was has destroyed her independence and trust in people. I can understand that. If you still had trust in people at 67, lady, you're living in a make-believe world. Oh, come she on. Added, she added it had, been, it had depressed her to realize she was helpless against the madness that came from nowhere. That would make a good book name. Thorne carried out a second attack on the night when she broke into the home of Christopher Cherney, or Chenery, mm. who also lives in Lils Tilchafar. Uh, I'm brutalizing that name. Somebody from the UK, please tell me how that said. Uh, he said she barged past him into her home and screamed at him while throwing his belongings around and snapping. Is this CDs. the same girl that did this? Same lady. The oh defendant my God. ran into the kitchen and picked up a yellow-handled kitchen knife, which she began waving around. Mr. Chinnery uh, managed to get out of the flat and closed the door behind him and called the police. He tried to entice Thorne out of out with a cigarette and threw it into the undergrowth, and she ran after it <laughs> like a dog. At that point, Chinnery ran into the flat and locked the door. Thorne picked up the clothesline and hit it on the floor before using it to hit the windows of Mr. Cherney's home, which caused him injury. Oh, my God. In a victim impact statement, Mr. Chinnery uh, said the attack left him feeling distressed, and at one point he thought he was going to die. And it also brought back his PTSD from his Army days. Oh, man. Oh, man. The police arrived at the scene and arrested Thorne, who, uh, who was taken into police custody, but outside her cell, she spat at an officer and told him she had hepatitis C. Uh, when interviewed, she said she had been at a friend's house and asked them not to let her fall asleep. But having fallen asleep and woken up, uh, had become upset. <laughs> oh, okay, so... She, hold on. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> okay. Hold on. She said she had gone nuts and had little recollection of what happened. She claimed that uh, to have only had sniffed, had a sniff of poppers... That later admitted being under the influence of cannabis and amphetamines. And that can get you really high. Defending Stephen Thomas, defendant, defending Stephen Thomas said his client had long-term issues regarding her mental health and drug misuse. Really, really high. He said Thorne was seeking help prior to the incident due to a fragile fragile mental state, but was not coping well. (laughs) You think? Yeah, think. He added that she was genuinely ashamed and remorseful. No, she wasn't. She was sad she got caught. Sentencing judge Jeremy Jenkins said, you consumed a number of illegal drugs and went on an uncontrolled rampage, causing two people unknown to you and had no particular dispute with great concern and harm. So would it have been better if she had known who they were before she attacked I them? I thought she knew the woman that she attacked with the vacuum. I thought it was her mom or something at first. No. 
Nope. Your violence continued and you were aggressive towards officers. You spat at him and indicated that you had to him that you had hepatitis C. It's not right. Police officers acting as they do should be subjected to such abuse and behavior as that. Thorn of High Street, Porth, was sentenced to a total of 14 months imprisonment and made subject to a restraining order preventing her from entering Listitulture Farm. I'm mutilating that. People, That's it. The UK is so much different. Like the just like I could just see this judge scolding this chick, you know, over in the UK. Whereas in America, you know, you, you would have had guns pulled on this chick and everything. It's so different over there, and yet this happens. But yep. to have somebody running a Hoover over top of you, claiming they're going to <laughs> suck the fat out of you, Thank you so. it's not funny, but it is funny. But it's, it's funny. not funny. <laughs> it's funny. So okay. Uh, back to throwing rocks again. If it's not God telling you to throw rocks, then it's meth. And that can get you really high. Suspect. Oh, and this is from Fox 4K, Fox 4KC.com. Uh, this is suspect admits to doing meth and throwing rocks at cars, believing the purge was happening. <laughs> of course it was. A man arrested Saturday for throwing rocks at the top in an abandoned building told police he had done methamphetamine and believed the purge was about to happen, I according re- to court really, documents. Really, uh... Jeremy A. Perkins, 27, is charged with two counts of second-degree attempted assault and two accounts of armed criminal action. Court records state that the police were called to the 9th and Kensington around noon on Saturday on a report someone was throwing rocks and passing via passing vehicles not and passing vehicles mm. actually it does say that someone reports someone throwing rocks and passing yep. vehicles yep. i'm sure that's supposed to be at because i don't see a guy getting high on meth just passing cars around no matter how strong meth makes sure. that's the good <laughs> meth <laughs> that's the good meth. only the good meth uh when police arrived they saw perkins standing on a roof of a building an officer said he was a had, he exited his cruiser perkins threw a brick in his direction which landed less than five feet in front of him Police nice. took cover and called for backup. A tactical used to response. Play a game like this. Yeah, a tactical response unit reported, and Perkins was taken into custody as he exited the v- a vacant building. An officer stated that at one point he peered, he heard Perkins mention a sniper 400 yards away. Perkins was interviewed at police headquarters on Locust Street, where he said he had done methamphetamines the night before and climbed a tree onto the roof of the building on the 9th Street. He said someone had told him the purge was happening in apparent reference to the purge. I wouldn't have <laughs> surmised that from him no, saying that. not at all. A 2013 horror film that features a scenario in which criminals act are, acts are temporarily decriminalized in a society plunges into violent chaos, much like election night here in America. Perkins totally. told police he received... Or a Red Wings game. Hey, now. Hey, now. <laughs> We don't throw re- bricks at Red Wings games. That's the Pistons. Police told Perkins <laughs> told police he perceived everyone as an enemy and was throwing rocks from the roof in order to protect himself. Okay, that's a Lions game. Uh, when police nice. asked if he would have shot people, uh, if he had a gun, Perkins said yes. That would be a Detroit Tigers game. So hey, look it. I'm sorry. What was that again? I'm a god. You're god. I'm a god. I'm not the god. I don't think. Moving along into our last segment of the show, this is a segment called I Am God, and it was a situation where people believe that they are, in fact, God. So take us to clickorlando.com, because as we were joking off the air, God seems to love it in Orlando. Man strips in traffic, yells, I am God, wrestles with Melbourne cops. Police say man was taken to the hospital for evaluation. That's probably the best thing that happened to him that day. 
Uh, Melbourne, Florida. A Melbourne man who authorities said hopped uh, out of his car on a busy causeway and stripped naked in the rain before wrestling with several police officers in front of onlookers remains under mental evaluation. Can you imagine being the cop that has to go and wrestle a no, nude guy to no. the ground in the rain? Nobody naked. wants to touch a nude no. guy. No. No. The incident was reported at about 3 p.m. Wow. In the afternoon, Wednesday, as heavy rains and winds whipped through the area. Melbourne Police uh, Lieutenant Steve S- Stephen Sadoff said that the unidentified man was driving along the All Galley Causeway. Again, sorry, stopped, Aaron. Got, uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Whatever. Out of his vehicle. He pulled over and took off all of his clothes on the top of the causeway. Then he started running around yelling, I am God, Sadoff said. Melbourne police arrived within moments and attempted to grab the slippery naked man in the rain. I could just imagine oh. this. I can I really you can? Yeah. <laughs> With what? I can hear the Yaddy Benny Hill music in the, in the background. background. <laughs> <laughs> oh. They did have to wrestle with him. Giggity. He didn't know if he would. He would do something silly or jump off the causeway at that point. They should have just let him jump. The man was handcuffed and taken into custody. He was turned over to a nearby hospital for an evaluation. An investigation continues. Nobody wants to have a naked dude's wang slapped no. against them when they're trying to pull the guy off of the car no. in the nude. They should have just let him jump. <sighs> okay, moving on to CNN.com. This is obviously an older article, but Secret Service, man claiming to be Jesus, planned to kidnap one of Obama's dogs because that's what you do when you're Jesus. Uh, a North Dakota man claiming to be Jesus, well, he's from North Dakota, that's probably why. Claiming to be Jesus was arrested Wednesday in Washington where he had traveled with a plan to kidnap one of the first family's pet dogs, law enforcement officials said on Friday. Scott Stickerton was... Stickert? Stickert. Scott, yeah, Scott Stockert, which has nothing to do with what I just said, nope. was detained at a downtown Hampton Inn after U.S. Secret Service agents uh, acting on a warning from a Minnesota field office found several unregistered weapons in his truck. During an interview with Stockart, uh, the man told agents he had unloaded firearms under the backseat of his truck and allowed them to search the vehicle, which was parked around the corner. Agents recovered a black 12-gauge pump-action shotgun with a pistol grip, a black bolt-action rifle, as well as 280 round, 289 rounds of 22 caliber long rifle bullets, 71 what? rounds of 12-gauge shotgun ammunition, and two rounds of two 23 rifle ammunition, a machete, and 12 in, a 12-inch blade, an 18-inch billy club, and 28-inch barrel, and a removable stock, both typically used for a shotgun from the truck, because once you start a gear, serious gun collection, the tendency is to go all the way. Yep. Stockhart was registered to own a firearm in any jurisdiction, authorities said. Was not registered to own a firearm in any jurisdiction, authorities said. In addition to leading agents to his arsenal during his interview, Stockhart also claimed he was the son of John F. Kennedy and Marilyn Monroe. Well, oh, that, that answers all of the problems right there. Totally. It, adding that he had come to the district to go to the Capitol uh, to advocate a $90, $99 per month health care and to announce that he was running for president. Oh, boy. <laughs> so wow. for, for contrast, I'm going to read that paragraph one more time. In addition to leading agents to his arsenal during his interview, Stockhart also claimed he was the son of John F. Kennedy and Marilyn Monroe, adding that he had come to the district to go to the Capitol to advocate a $99 a month health care and to announce that he was running for president. In this election, he might have had a good chance. After his arrest, Stockhart stated that he was Jesus Christ, and this could be verified on his license. 
<laughs> of course it can. It just gets oh, of course it can. weirder. In a statement ah. to a spokesperson for the U.S. Secret Service said that the agency is dedicated to the safety and security of the president and his first family. No mention of the dog, adding that no. their, the incident was a good example of their coordination with their various field agents throughout the U.S., as well as the state and local law enforcement partners, identifying and apprehending suspects who make threats toward our protectees is often a is often a coordinated effort between multiple jurisdictions in real time. The statement from the spokesperson Kevin Dye read: "The Secret Service stands ready to continue our mission for those we protect and American people." Stockard Stockard is being charged with possession of an unregistered firearm and ammunition. That's it. That's all he's being. That's all he's being charged with, not for being a cuckoo banana pants. Uh, not for being South Dakota, North Dakota, wherever it was, mm. and Jesus and the son of Marilyn Monroe and John F. Kennedy. Sure, take us back to Florida. No. Police: Florida man punches officer after shouting, "I am God." Suspect said he liked the pain after being shot with taser. Wow, that guy doesn't have any issues at all. Melbourne, Florida. Oh, we're back again in Melbourne. A Melbourne man was taken into custody early Sunday. Apparently, there's something in the water in Melbourne. God. After police see God's in the water or LSD or meth. Punched a Melbourne police officer in the side of the head. Police arrived at Radnor Drive in Central Boulevard in Melbourne around 1030 p.m. Saturday and saw 19-year-old Jacob Bortz running around flailing and shouting a female's name in the street, according to reports. Bortz began walking toward the officer quickly, fist clench and sweating profusely. Hallmarks of methamphetamines. Or Florida. You don't... Or Flocka. <laughs> you don't know what I've been through. I'm God, Bortz reportedly shouted to the officer. According to News 6 partner Florida Today, the officer told Bortz to halt and threatened him with a taser. But Bortz lunged at the officer, striking him on the left side of his head, according to Bortz. The officer shot Bortz with a taser, on his abdomen and right thigh. Bortz sat down, but then began laughing while the charge still flowing, saying, I like the pain. Please, I have such sights to show you. <laughs> Bortz sat down, but then began... Uh, I already read that. He continued to refuse the officer's demands to lay down and put his hands behind his back. The officer attempted to tase Bortz again as he tried to stand up, but the device malfunctioned, oh, so man. he tackled Bortz to the ground, police report. He was helped by other officers who had just arrived on the scene to take Bortz into custody. Bortz was charged with battery on a law enforcement officer, resisting an officer with violence, and resisting an officer without violence. Do you have a little thing on yours where it says Florida Man 84 threatens to cut off wife's arms if she refuses sex? No. There's a little blurb on here. Uh, Florida Man 84 threatens to cut off wife's arms if she refuses sex. Uh, <laughs> Florida man tries Dude, Florida's to full of crazy. One thousand cash and rectum deputies say rectum damn near killed him. We haven't done That'll Florida. Do it. We said we weren't going to do Florida anymore because you don't really have to, do we? Well, no. <laughs> every every radio station and show in the world now has a Florida segment, so we said we're not going to do that anymore. No. So to counter all this, what we've been talking about, Florida and God being from Florida and being in Florida, I'm going to take us back to Florida to again clickorlando.com. Strange Florida. Florida man claiming to be Jesus flashes Lowe's customer, police say. Terry Brothers, 52, arrested in Palm Bay. Palm Bay, Florida. Palm Bay. Wouldn't, it be, wouldn't it just be funny if this actually was God just chilling out in Florida, going around, just having fun? God's like, don't drag me into this. You know, sure God's not in Florida. <laughs> well, you know, it's... Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe Loki. Yeah, that'll work. Sure. Uh, 
A Palm Bay man claiming to be Jesus Christ flashed customers at a low lows, according to police. Terry Wayne Brothers, 52, was arrested Thursday after he was found in his underwear outside of Lowe's at on Melbar Road. When police, <laughs> there's got to be people living in Florida going, yeah, I know where that is too. Yep, I know where that yeah. is. Yep, I know where that, that is. That was the that was the night's excitement. When police asked him what he was doing, he would say, "I am Jesus Christ." A woman called nine one one saying she saw a naked saw a naked shaking his private saw. I got to read this exactly as it is written. What it says. A woman called 911 saying she saw a naked shaking his private parts at passing cars for about 20 minutes before he was put in his underwear on. Put his underwear on. He was doing a dick dance at passing cars. Brothers faces misdemeanor charges of exposure of sexual organs. Not propul- What was the, uh, the other charge? Propul- propulsion of a projectile or something like yes. that? Yes. Missile. All right. You're going to cover the last and final story, which absolutely, without a doubt, 100% has to be a fake story. And it's probably the longest one we've covered so far. Um, A little bit about this. I was doing a search for goblins for whatever reason. I don't remember exactly what it was. So I put goblins into the search bar and then it popped up as goblins weird news. So I'm like, hey, this is our bread and butter. So I'll click on it. There appears to be a rash of goblin rapes going on somewhere around, you know, Africa or Europe or Malaysia. I know these places are probably nowhere near one another, which, by the way, to our Thai listener over in Thailand who enjoys hearing us mispronounced names, we're sorry. So anyways, so I didn't know where to start. So I just picked a goblin story at random. Now, again, rape is in no way whatsoever a funny matter at at all. But when it's coming from Zimbabwe and it involves goblins, there's got to be a little bit of humor to it. So take us to our last story. Ah, Goblins force female teachers to wear male underwear. I'd like to state for the record, this didn't happen. Now let's go. Four female (laughs) teachers have left Gohold Second Primary School in Kendi, Matabaland, South. This term, uh, after complaining that they were being sexually terrorized by suspected goblins, resulting in them waking up with semen on their bodies and wearing male underwear. I wonder if they know what Rufinol is. Even the remaining teachers are now so scared and have reported that the suspected goblins were also targeting male teachers who have reported waking up wearing female underwear. Sunday News visited the school last week where officials confirmed that more teachers were contemplating leaving the institution. School Development Committee Chairman Mr. Alec Sabanda said that four female teachers wrote letters to the parents uh, parent's body detailing the harrowing experience they had experienced at the school. He said even some school children have complained over the matter. We are very concerned about the well-being of this school. Four female teachers have left this term after complaining that goblins were abusing them. Oh, Jesus. We have developed Again, the school funny, so much. It's funny. Yeah, it would ha- It would be sad if it is closed because of this matter, a solution must be found soon before the teachers leave, he said. Sunday News also attended a meeting which was called by Chief Nangazonki. All right, man, you hate me. And parents to address the matter. Villagers said teachers have said they were only staying at the school because they were failing to get transferred. transfers. The parents said they feared more teachers will leave and this will in turn affect the children. Mr. Wangani Moyo, a villager in Quinsala Village, uh, 
said, it pains us a lot to see our children going to school to play because teachers have left. If nothing is done, our children will end up staying at home. Another villager uh, concurred that Mr. Moyo suggesting that a cleansing ceremony must be carried out to deal with the matter. He even alleged that some children from the area have died mysteriously and suspect it is linked to the goblins. This reeks of bullshit. Our children are not safe, and so far uh, we have lost three children. Last year, a boy from Blogwe died on his way from school after being struck by a stone from nowhere. Ah. When he was taken to the hospital, doctors said it was pneumonia. Wait, he got hit in the head with a rock and died of pneumonia? Children at the school are being hit with bread, which can't, which they can't tell where it is coming from. Two months back, a child from Ingwengi died days later after he told his parents he, got, he got, got sick after he was tripped by a loaf of bread while another died in a well, which was not even deep said Mr. Mark Como. The concerned villagers said the goblins were not only affecting the school, but the whole community. Mr. Theodore Q (laughs) said, I'm not ashamed to tell anyone uh, here what the goblins are doing to me. My husband died, but I wake up having signs that I was with a man at night. I sleep alone in my room, but in the mornings I will be with a man beside me. I can't even have another husband because the goblins chase them away. Uh, it's not the goblins, honey. I have even gone to spiritual healers and they have confirmed that I'm being made to sleep with a goblin. The villagers appeal to the chief to organize a cleansing ceremony. We asked the chief to do something. However, he w- we hope he will engage genuine traditional healers, not those who come to cause disunity among us, says Miss Nixklasla Masuka. <laughs> chief, I'm just bailing it in at this point. Chief Nyang Gonzuki Gonzanki <laughs> said that the God the, the incidences Better were disturbing. I'm hurt by people who bring such evil acts into the community. There is no respect for human life. We are talking about our own people, and some of them are our mothers. Another woman said her child had to leave for South Africa to escape the goblins. Even education is derailed in such instances, she said. She, he said. Said, oh, said, he said. Oh, my God. Chief Nagzanki assured villagers that he will consult other chiefs to find a solution. We might say... We are solving this, yet we might cause more harm. We need to be cautious to take to fake traditional healers who might end up causing hatred among villagers. I will consult other chiefs to assist in finding genuine traditional heaters. Heaters, healers, said the chief. There's only a few more sentences. Balin, <laughs> South Acting Provincial Education Director, Mr. Lefius Masakumi, said he was he has not yet received a report. I am currently not working from the office, and I haven't heard about the situation at the school. We will, however, find out what is going on at the school, he said. God damn it. I'm not going to edit any of that. Oh, why would you? It's a train wreck. Oh, I'm sure somebody out there is listening to this, probably very offended at us at this point. But uh, they don't know who we are by now, then they should just give up. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, that hurt. Oh, it did. My face is killing me right now. Oh, 
All right, folks, that's it for this episode. <laughs> Holy crap. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, being that it's November, we have a lot of shows coming up. Well, we're, we're going to do our cannibalism show again this year for Thanksgiving, yep. our annual cannibalism show. And Shelly has said that she will come back with us on that Yay! one. We love Shelly. Um, I have authors waiting in the ring, wings that I'm just trying to nail down dates with. One or, one or two of them is over in the UK. I'm actually yep. having a hard time just speaking normal English after reading that with you or trying Ooh. to read it with you. And good Lord. It's like I need to go and like verbally cleanse myself at this point to be able to speak any kind of coherent English at all. Holy crap. Which I do have to say that me reading today, I did fairly well for a change. So I did horribly. After reading that, who oh. who in the hell? I, could you imagine me reading that? We'd have been here for another 45 minutes. <laughs> God. Yes. <laughs> well. So anyways, um, I have no idea what next week's show is going to be at this moment right now. I don't now. know. Um, but yeah, we've got a few authors that are waiting in the wings. We've got um, a really cool cryptozoologist or new person to cryptozoology coming on from over in the UK. And I'm trying to nail dates and times down for him. Uh, there's a six hour time difference there. But he's he's a really cool guy. He's like, you know what? Doesn't matter. Just give me a time. I'll come on your show. And um, cool deal. Have you have you had a chance to look at that book I sent you from him yet? I have. What do you think about it? It's good. I like it's it. It's interesting. It, it's um. I don't want to say the guy's different. name yet, but I really liked it because no. he's he's very um. He's got that healthy skepticism to him. Like when he's doing yeah, it, it's, it comes across as very fun. Like this, it's a very yep. fun read. So he's pretty yeah. cool. We're gonna have that guy on here pretty soon, and then we've got the cannibalism show coming on. Coming. Uh, yes, we do. So we've we've got some stuff in the works. We've got stuff going on. But aside from that, we got to get going because you've got to go pick up little ones and um. Yep. I've got to go get myself something to drink because I have dry mouth because I have been laughing my ass off. <laughs> and uh, we're going to call it good, and we'll see you guys again. This is Rojan from Detroit. Peace. Lobo from Connecticut, still not on Facebook. I don't know. Take care. Peace. Bye-bye. And that can get you really high. Okay, really, really high.